So this year for Halloween, George has two different Halloween costumes, actually. One of them is a koala. My least favorite marsupial. How could you do this, David? You're telling me this now? But it's my most favorite. They're the actual worst. Why would you do this to me? I wasn't. I thought we were friends. I didn't do anything to you. I think you did that out of spite, David. I am living. Don't worry. You won't see him. Maybe it will redeem koalas for you. No. Because he never. will be so cute. Okay. Uh, n- mm. Mm-mm. Just I'll let you know. I'll keep you updated, David. Okay. Okay. Let's start again. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And my name is Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister here. And usually on the podcast, we also have our digital resource curator, uh, Jackie Pippin, who lives in Japan. She's the one that finds and uh, curates all of those resources that you use on the faith to go website every week and send out that email. Um, Jackie's not with us this morning, but she'll be back with us next week. Um, but fret not. Mm-mm. Do not do that. As we begin every podcast every week, uh, before we jump into the gospel and highlight some points that we hope you take into your conversations with you this week using those faith to go resources, we like to start off with our silly segment, called the George Pan Venn Diagram, a running segment we've been doing for a few months now where we find the similarities and differences between George Tremaine, who is my three-month-old son, and the country of Japan, where Jackie lives. Uh, So this segment is called George Pan Venn Diagram, and Maya has the Japan fact for today that we we will see. I think we should actually start with the George fact. We will. Oh, okay. Don't you think that works? Better? Yeah, it's like a it's like a Halloween topsy turvy episode. Ooh. Yeah. So, I'll start with the George fact, and the George fact is that this year for Halloween, George is going to be a pumpkin. So he'll be a small, tiny baby pumpkin. So there will be a version of a pumpkin that is a George pumpkin. My favorite on Halloween this year. And so that is the the George fact. Oh, that's that's a good fact you have there, David. I too have a fact about pumpkins. In fact, it's a Japanese fact about pumpkins. Japanese pumpkins. So Japan has a type of pumpkin called the kabocha pumpkin. Um, it is a type of winter squash, and it is a but it is a Japanese variety, and it is called a Japanese pumpkin. In Japan, it may refer to this squash, to a western pumpkin, or other squashes. So you're saying that in the United States there is something you could buy called a Japanese pumpkin. And in Japan. And in Japan. But they don't call it that. They call it a kabocha. So there is a p- version of a pumpkin that is a George pumpkin. And a Japanese And pumpkin. there is a version of a pumpkin that's a Japanese pumpkin. Well, it's a squash, but yes. So they both have versions of themselves that are pumpkins. There yes. are pumpkins that are versions of both of them. Yes. So we're going to throw it to the judges. They love Halloween, all three of them. Yeah, one of them's eating pumpkin pie right, right now. now. How did they get that? I don't know. But I'm they've all given us like an A-OK sign, like a circle with the thumb and, like the okay. and pointer finger yeah. and then the three fingers up. So they're all doing that. It's kind of weird how they all did it in unison. Yeah, at the same time. So that means that that is a verifiable George Pan Venn diagram You're middle welcome. section mark overlap so that is agreement between 
the country of Japan and George Tremaine, I mean, like, tenth week in a row, everybody wins again. If you are listening, you get 75 gold coins. You're welcome. Congratulations. So thanks, everybody, for playing. Thank you, George. Thank you, Japan. Thank you, judges. Thank you, Maya. Thanks, uh, we'll be back next week, uh, starting off next week podcast with another George Pan Venn diagram. Don't worry. But for now, we're going to get into the gospel. So like every week, uh, we tried to bring you a primer for the gospel for this sun- for this Sunday um, because all of the Faith to Go resources that we hope you use throughout the week with your family to have faith conversations are based on the gospel for every Sunday. So this will be for Sunday, October 21st, which is proper 24. It's the gospel is um, Mark 10, 35 to 45. Maya is going to read it, and then we're uh, going to highlight three points from the gospel that you hope you keep in mind as you have your conversations this week. So take it away, Maya. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do, not, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called among them and, called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. All right. So, James and John getting real bold this week. <laughs> and they real replied bold. in unison, we are able. It <laughs> yeah. sounds kind of like a baptismal vow or it's something. like they like, planning it. With God's. It's creepy. Um, so, a little context. Again, we're in, in, the, in the Gospel of Mark, which we've been in for weeks now. Um, and we're just kind of marching through it one Gospel reading at a time. But you'll notice, just a note on the Gospel of Mark as a whole, you'll notice, keeping in mind all the readings that we've had, if you've been listening to the podcast you know, every week, you've, we've heard the term Son of Man a whole bunch. We've heard this first shall be last thing a whole bunch. And we've heard Jesus talk about all the things that will happen to the Son of Man a whole bunch. So really starting from those very early chapters in Mark, almost from the very beginning of Mark, Jesus is talking about his death. So that's why a lot of people talk about, refer to Mark as like this, just an extended passion narrative. You know, most of the Gospels, the passion narrative really starts, you can see it start when they're moving up to Jerusalem, but there's this feeling in Mark that because of Jesus' rhetoric throughout the Gospel, always talking about uh, the the suffering and death and resurrection of the Son of Man and, and rejection of the Son of Man, that the whole thing is has Jesus has his eye on the on Jerusalem the whole time. It's just kind of this. As soon as it starts, this really quick paced um, journey right to the cross. So, with that in mind, uh, we're gonna start 
with the beginning of the gospel and highlight uh, three things. So I'm going to take the first two, and Maya's going to take the last one. So the first thing I wanted to highlight is James and John and this first couple verses. And I just like... Uh, we we say this uh, uh we've said this before about other disciples, but the the disciples are always such a great um, window for us to enter into the story. Like they are the most relatable. I think they are the so, most human. They are the most human parts of all these stories for us to be able to identify with because they are the closest followers of Jesus. They are the closest friends and companions of Jesus. And the most confused people. And they're always Jesus. the most confused, relatable, and the most Jesus, and the most like frustrating in their behaviors yeah. and like totally not getting it all the time. Jesus is mad at them all. Jesus the time. is having all these interactions with other people that don't know him or just meeting him for the first time, and he's they're like enlightening Jesus's worldview and, and like then, <laughs> and then we have these people who are supposed to be the ones that are getting it and, and they he's just like, you, don't you totally idiot. don't get it <laughs> so it's really good it like gives us um it can give us some compassion for ourselves mm. of like this we always have i i have this feeling of like always striving to be better and wanting to do more and like know more and get it more mm. and it's like your ability to get it is not directly related to how long you've been trying yeah it's like there is something about the there's something about the the makeup of the journey that's more that is more important than the length of the journey you know and so anyway just a way to be kind of compassionate with ourselves as we're walking this you know journey this spiritual journey through our whole lives and especially in a christian context you know trying to wrap our minds around and our hearts around uh, all these different ideas and theology and all these parts of our faith, uh, parts of our beliefs and, and all these parts of being uh, Christian. So that are hard, that are hard. And Jesus is always there with us, which is what I wanted to highlight here because uh, I totally get this way of, of this way of interacting with Jesus right here. Mm. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. I love that. It's just so straightforward. It's like my Christmas list. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I think it's just like the way so many of us think about prayer and like think about how we interact with God is like, you know, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door will be opened. It's like, whatever I want, as long as I ask for it nicely, or as long as I mm-hmm. ask for it directly, I'm going to get it. Um, and my experience is that that is 100% not true. Yeah, no. Um, but what I found is that thinking back on my life, uh, the things that have, like, the things, things have actually turned out better than I could have wanted them to or hoped for them right. to, you know, like... Or would have thought... Could have ever yeah. thought of being true. You know, I couldn't... The way you thought it's it like would like you be can't true, even yeah. imagine the possibilities because what ends up being possible started out as impossible, mm-hmm. you know? You just even think about it. Yeah. Right. And so they have this very specific request. And I love how Jesus responds to them because instead of... We have this great kind of um, indication of the of the relationship in prayer and God's relationship to us. And our relationship and our struggles on this journey. Just like last week, Jesus looked at this guy that had this very specific question 
and like was struggling with his faith and it said Jesus looked at him and loved him mm-hmm. you know it's that compassion uh, all the time and God meeting us just meeting us where we are Jesus meeting us where we are and uh, the invitation to be in compassionate with ourselves and meet ourselves where we are because they say Jesus our teacher we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you and Jesus doesn't say no Jesus doesn't say okay Jesus doesn't say how dare you Jesus doesn't say you should be ashamed for praying this way or asking me things. Like, slow your roll, pal. Jesus yeah. says, well, what is it you want me to do for you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, answering their question with a question. You're, like, in continuing to engage them where they are in their journey. Right. Knowing that there's more to the journey for them still. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's always more to the journey for us. Right. Not so, cutting them off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's the first point I wanted to make, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so that kind of goes, that, that interaction leads off into this second point I wanted to make, which is the second part of their interaction with Jesus. Um, because Jesus says, what, what is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus again answers them with a question. You do not know what you are asking for. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they are very confident. Mm -hmm. And they say, yeah, we are able to do that. And Jesus says to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Mm. And this to me is the same thing that we we kind of just said, which is that Jesus talks about, again, we have this, he uses the language of the son of man. And like we've talked about before, this term son of man comes from Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel, and this eschatological vision, this vision of the end times of one coming down from heaven looking, and that looks like a son of man, a son of man. So it's just like a human. A human person, a right. human one. person who's born, yeah. Yeah, a human being. And so Jesus is, I, I always interpret this as Jesus talking about the journey of a human. You know, like he's talking, his, the, so what he's saying to them is yes. In fact, the baptism that, the cup that I drink from, the baptism that I am baptized with, all the things that are going to happen to me, these things that I'm talking about that will happen to the Son of Man, this suffering, rejection, death, resurrection new life the this is the journey that you will go on to you will encounter these things we're also. all doing it yeah right so I, lo- I love that he says that but then he says but to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant but it is for those for whom it has been prepared it's that same thing i said before of like the things i have asked for of like the things that i can almost never imagine what where I'm going to go. Like having reflected back on where I was trying to go, I, I could never have imagined like where I am or where this journey has taken me, but it is so clearly like where I have felt called, where I am called to be, you know? And there's like, there's comfort in that kind of reflection, but also there's always uncertainty then about where we're going. So Jesus is kind of saying, you're going to go on this journey. Like, I can tell you that these are going to be the, this is the path you're on, but it's not mine to say where it ends up. You know, it's mm-hmm. not mine to grant an outcome. I can't tell you what is going to happen, but I can tell you what the steps are going to be along the way. 
I can't tell you what the conclusion is. You're going to meet, you're going to be the person that's taking the steps and you need to be the person to accept that you're going to take those steps. Right. It's not mine to grant this outcome. You know, it's for you to walk the journey and see what happens, Mm -hmm. you know. And so there's uncertainty, but also possibility in that. Lots of that. You know, it's, it's scary, but at the same time, it's another invitation to let go of the outcome of like letting go and just walking one step at a time this journey and when we are in the midst of whatever step we're in if it's suffering if it's rejection if it's death if it's resurrection if it's new life like we always know that we're in a cycle like we always know that there's another step and that it's our and it's our it's up to us whether we're going to be able to keep moving again it's not mine to grant it's up to you. And Jesus flips their question because instead of promising an outcome, he promises a process. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he does a lot of this flipping around, mm-hmm. you know, and that it kind of leads into my next point. Um, it's regarding that thing that you talked about with the Son of Man, where this is a universal human experience that we all must participate in. Um, my point is about verses 43 or 45, 245, I think. Um, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So, what ransom is he paying, and to who? To whom? And the other thing that we found out when we were kind of investigating in the Greek, the translation. We've said this before on the podcast, and this kind of translation somewhat affirms that, where instead of saying must be slave of all, it is, like, they will be slave of all. So instead of a direction, like, you must be a servant or a slave to be first or to be a ruler, rather, it's more of, like, if you're striving to be first, you will be last, or you will be a servant if you're trying to be the king. Um... So it's that same thing that we've said before. And so when they talk about son of man, he's talking about this universal human experience. So he's basically saying, you know, you're all going to put yourself in this sort of bondage to a paradigm, to a power structure. Uh Uh, Because by always striving to be first, you're going to end up enslaving yourself because you're going to be enslaved to other people's opinions about you. Uh And you're going to be basically... A slave to the system. Mm-hmm. And um, your own need for power. You know? And your own need yeah. for power, mm-hmm. constantly. Like, you're not going to be in control. Right. And that sounds like hell, honestly. <laughs> like, always having to be in a somewhat of a rat race. And I think all of us yeah. can kind of relate to that, just especially back then, but also in our society now, because obviously social mobility is a lot more mm-hmm. um, available than it was back then, I suppose. Like, you were born into a family, and that, that was it, basically. You couldn't ascend you know, socially, like we've seen happen in the modern day. And so now it seems even more that we're kind of in, in, in tra- like in bondage by this pull you up by your bootstraps type of meritocracy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where it's almost like you need to work hard to be respected. You need to work hard to be first. And then you're constantly breaking your back to be respected as a human being almost, you know, yeah. like right. you, your value as a person depends on how much you work and how much you consume in this capitalist society and that's it Mm -hmm. um and that's servanthood that's that's servanthood yeah and and yeah you've heard it before other places and you'll hear it here where that is um an oppressive system Mm -hmm. and 
he's rebuking that entirely and he's saying well he's just saying like you're not gonna that's not gonna work out for you Mm -hmm. and so when we looked up the word ransom it wasn't necessarily in the case of like what we think of ransom like some sort of hostage situation Mm -hmm. but rather a manumission uh so like a freedom uh of like paying for the freedom of slaves Mm -hmm. basically saying releasing us from our bondage um when the son of man comes to not to be served but to serve by him giving his life he's like liberating us and so that's something we were talking about it's like well how is that liberating us from this kind of oppressive system we were talking about and he's just showing us that everything is flipped like what i had said like if you are like power equals powerlessness so if you instead of like trying to desperately fight for your life just giving your life that's the power you have Mm. like by instead of trying so hard to be the lion Mm -hmm. you can find the power in being what you are which is the lamb Mm. and not having to pretend to be something you're not or being vulnerable and that you know releasing is actually attaining death is actually life it's just kind of blows your mind but instead of holding on so tightly onto what we want and what we need that we think we want and need to live and we hold on so to these things so tightly that our like knuckles are going to explode but instead it's just releasing Mm -hmm. relaxing Mm -hmm. and going with it and surrendering really Mm -hmm. um and then you're on you're not on top per se but you're free right so those are our three points yeah they are to recap we've got number one which was uh about god meeting us where we were on our journey wherever we are on our journey, God is there with us and and has compassion for us and inviting us to have compassion for ourselves. Um, number two is that there's this invitation to this spiritual journey of life and death and resurrection, and it's really um, up to us to engage in it and to continue to walk it and to you know let all these um, parts of ourselves take part in this journey and to not... Um, decide beforehand what the conclusion of our journey is going to be, but to kind of just take it one step at a time. And then following from those two is Maya's point, the third point, which is Jesus physically embodying this journey and embodying that journey in order for us to be able to, in order to show us um, the ways that we can let go of our need to have for power and our need for surrender equals freedom. Right surrendering for freedom yeah there we go so having heard that discussion and those points maya is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything differently this time through okay so james and john the sons of zebedee came forward to him and said to him teacher we want you to do for us whatever we ask you and he said to them what is it you want me to do for you and they said to him grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to him, to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, We are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. Jesus called them and said to them, 
You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But for who, but whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be the first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. All right, that's our podcast for this week for Proper 24, October 21st. We will be back in your podcast feed next Sunday. We hope you all enjoy those Faith to Go resources uh, that you can find at www.myfaithtogo.org. If you have any questions or comments or want to share any stories with us from your week of conversation, um, send us an email at faithtogo at stpaulcathedral.org. Uh, also, follow us on Instagram at faith to go and make sure to rate and review this podcast to help other people find it. We'll be back next week, like I said, but until then, say goodbye. Bye, Bye everyone.